So what's behind you right now? What's behind me? It's all it's our old grounds for our garage will be falling into the ocean probably next year because it's it lost five feet this year of ground. I'm in Taktoyaktak, aka Tak. It's a tiny village 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle in the Northwest Territories in Canada. I'm talking to William Dillon Jr., aka Billy. He's a respected elder in the Inuvialuit community that lives here, and also the sweetest guy. Within moments of meeting us, he made us delicious smoked tea, and now he's taking us on a tour. But it's a tour of what it used to be. Our old school and old folks' home is next to go and in our graveyard. We've moved our graveyard already, but we haven't moved the people in the graveyard yet. That's our next step. His community is being taken back by the ocean in real time. But he's not just watching it happen, he's documenting it. It's just basically recording. Recording, recording, and monitoring, and just make sure that everybody's aware of how fast it is melting. I'm Joss Bentley, and this is part two in our three-part Science Quickly fascination series from a fast-warming Arctic. In today's episode, I'm riding with Inuvialuit climate monitors. These inspiring locals are taking charge and are monitoring climate change in real time. We're on a boat to Tuck Island, a small but extremely important barrier that's protecting the village's harbor, but it's disappearing. Yeah, basically if we lose this island, we lose the harbor. The harbor will be too exposed to the uh, Arctic Ocean elements. Yeah, this is our safety barrier island. Nice name, safety barrier. We'll soon be gone in 20 years though, no matter what. Yeah. That was James Kivik talking to Billy, by the way. They're both part of this new climate monitoring team. And I asked them. So what's happening to the island? It's eroding with all this new climate change we're happening here. And uh, fall time we see more, more erosion than ever before. Like for now, we're having a hard time landing our boat here. Because the, the erosion has filled in all this area with sediment. And uh, we just, we have to keep aware, our hunting and traveling have to keep aware all the time. And nothing is the same anymore. Shallow all over here too, James. James and Billy work their magic and we finally get off the boat and onto the island. Ariel Lute, the team's coordinator, is directing the data collection. We have stakes already in the spots and we're going to measure the distance from the stakes. These stakes are a reference point so the team can accurately measure erosion on each side. We centimeters or feet? Inches. Inches. Oh, I'm reading nine feet. There you go. Nine and a quarter. Ariel is only in high school, but she's already been asked to speak all over the world about what's happening up here. Uh, we have mm, like four climate monitors. Yeah, any local New Vialowit could be a climate monitor. Right now we're monitoring the erosion on this island. The erosion will 
like wipe away our whole town if it keeps happening. This island is like a barrier from the ocean to the harbor. So that's why we're monitoring it. It's really beautiful and uh, it's very cultural and uh, it's kind of sad. I hope in the future we can find a solution. Hopefully these data can help to create a plan to save the island, save the harbor, and save Tuck. Dustin Whalen is a physical scientist at the Geological Survey of Canada. He was here setting up the program with Billy, Ariel, and James, but I just missed him by a couple of weeks. So I gave him a call to chat about the north. In the community of Tuck, you could argue this is the area in Canada where we see the most impact of climate change. Because of this, the citizens that, that live in this area wanted to take a stand. They wanted to understand what they're seeing in their own backyard. So community-based monitoring, this idea for you know looking at some of the information, the climate information um, on their own, taking the observations for themselves, looking at the science so they can be in charge and they can be the stewards of their own data. This is what really spurred on um, this community-based monitoring program. The erosion they're measuring isn't just a product of increased permafrost thaw. I asked Whalen how the reduction in Arctic sea ice comes into play. There's more open water. As the wind kicks up, it increases the swell and the wave potential in the water. And then that grows, obviously, if you have more distance between that and the coast. So when, when the storms reach the coast, they're, they're a lot bigger than, than they were before. What does this mean for the new Vialuit living in Tuck? I have learned through my career that uh, the indigenous peoples are very resilient. And they're resilient to change. That They have seen change over um, centuries of, of existing on this planet. And they have learned to adapt. So I have, I have all the confidence in the world that uh, the people living in the North will adapt to this change um, in some form or another. If the world is faced with the same changes that the Northerners are seeing, they may not be as resilient. Back in tech, Billy's hopeful for the future. I asked Billy what advice he had for the next generation. Keep hugging those trees. Yeah, kids, uh, just be helpful. Don't litter, because this is the main problem we have all over the world is litter. And be respectful to your elders, to your land and water. And be respectful to the air you breathe. Thank you. Science Quickly is produced by Jeffrey Delvisio, Tulika Bose, and Kelso Harper. Our music was composed by Dominic Smith. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more science news, please go to scientificamerican.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Let's Talk Science. I'm Joss Bentley, and this is Science Quickly.